We are back from Monday Night Football. We got another two-game slate here. Welcome, guys. My name is DK. We'll be breaking down the NFL DFS slate. Uh, also make content for player prop sites like Prize Picks, Underdog, and uh, Parlay Play. Uh, the sponsor of the video, that would be Odds Jam. Uh, so right now, what I have up on your screen is the Odds Jam Fantasy Sports Optimizer for Prize Picks. Uh, so I have NFL filtered here, and you can see that right now the uh, optimizer is currently liking five plays. But how it works is, again, it gives you the percent chance to hit, what the line is, which side to take. Um, it also has it for, you know, underdog, parlay play, all that good stuff. Um, so if you guys are interested in signing up, uh, you can use the code DKDFS for 25% off your first month. I also have the link down below. And uh, yeah, so let's just get right into the video. Um, hopefully you had a good night uh, day yesterday for me. Not so good just because when you have a slate like that where like every piece of chalk goes crazy, I'm never I'm never gonna win in tournaments, right? When and when every literally every piece of chalk goes nuts, um, I'm just as a GPP player, I'm just not gonna win. Um so not a winning day there for myself, but it's all good. Hopefully we can keep the Monday magic going from last week where I won a tournament with both my running backs getting injured, thousand person entry, four thousand dollars. Again, uh, maybe we can do that again for uh, for this Monday night two games. I don't know why we have two games again. Like, why why is it two games again? Week three Monday. I don't know. Can someone tell me? But um, yeah, let's just uh, let's get into it. Oh, let's quickly take a look at where these games are right now as far as the odds go. So for Philadelphia and Tampa Bay, it's about a five point spread, and for the Rams and the Bengals, it's about a three point spread. We just got news that Joe Burrow is going to try to play. Um, and then as far as the over-under goes in both these games, we have the Eagles and Bucks currently at about 44 and a half, and Rams, Bengals about 44. Again, what you're looking at right now is the Odds Jam Sportsbook screen, where if you wanted to take a side in a game, it would give you the book that offers the best odds, and these are constantly updating as well. All right, so let's go ahead and close that out. Close out a few tabs here. All right, so we'll start off with Philadelphia, or let's just go position by position. I feel like that's easy on a two-game slate. So we'll start with the quarterback position, right? We got Hertz, Burrow, Stafford, and Baker Mayfield. I'm taking a quick look at ownership right now for the quarterback position. Nothing super surprising. I will say that uh, Burrow, I think, will be pretty low owned, especially after the first couple of weeks if he plays. Does he intend to try to suit up? Um, there's, there's a lot of risk here. But I think what people are going to do is they're just going to avoid it and, and go somewhere else. So... For that reason alone, I think Burrow makes for an interesting tournament play because he's been really bad first couple of weeks. He's obviously dealing with the injury. People are going to be scared to play him, but he's at a reasonable price point. And yeah, like what if he finishes the game healthy? Like I would not be surprised if Burrow throws like three touchdowns. So he's an interesting tournament play. I think by far your safest and definitely your cash game play is Jalen Hurts, the guy with the highest floor plus ceiling. And again, it's because of the rushing upside he brings, you know, averaging like 10 rushing attempts a game. When they get close to the goal line, too, they're just going to QB sneak it, too. So, uh, yeah, Hertz looks really good at the top, and there's enough value to get him in for sure. As far as Stafford and Baker goes, I think they're playable. I'm not, I don't know if I'm looking to go that route. I think for me, I'm either going to eat the chalk with Hertz or maybe I'll play a low on Burrow. But Stafford and, ba- and Baker both have played well uh, so far through two weeks. Look at the running back position. So right now, the, the chalk at running back is Mixon and it's Kyron Williams. And both are expected to be very, very popular. Now, Joe Mixon's at a reasonable price point, 6.3K. 
And it's, you know, really just that he's still, still operating as a workhorse back here for Cincinnati. Um, take a look at the snaps last week. He played 47 of the 60 snaps. Now, he hasn't been super efficient. It's not like he's been super efficient with these touches, but, you know, he's averaging close to 20 touches a game. Reasonable price point is involved in the passing game. I think he's a very, very safe play, and I, I understand why he's chalk. And the other guy that's projected to be chalk is Kyron Williams. And it's kind of the same thing. He just didn't leave the field last game. He didn't. Um, played 76 of the 80 snaps. He ran 49 routes. He had, uh, how many targets? He have 10 targets. So, I mean, yeah, very safe. I think those two are your chalk running back plays. Now, I think your pivot off one of those guys would be Rashad White. He's coming in with a bit less ownership. Still a guy, though, that is operating as the RB1 for Tampa Bay. Is involved in the passing game as well. He played 51 and 71 snaps. So I like Rashad White as a pivot. I think he'll come in. Well, he will right now look across the industry. He's projected for a lot less ownership than those other two guys we mentioned. But I think he's a fine pivot. And then we got to talk about the Philadelphia running backs, DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell. So I talk about this all the time for DFS is want to avoid groupthink, right? You really, really want to avoid groupthink. So there's a few situations in that for week two. One was Jerome Ford, right? You can't play a running back against Tennessee. Look what happened the first two weeks. You can't do it, right? That, that was the group thing. I saw that everywhere. Every piece of content I listened to mentioned that. Everything I saw on Twitter, you can't play Jerome Ford. What happened? Jerome Ford absolutely smashed, right? So it's like you want to try to avoid that group think. You really do. So what is the group think going to be here for these Philadelphia running backs? It's DeAndre Swift. He's the guy after last game, right? It's very obvious. Look, look at what DeAndre Swift did. He's got to be the guy, right? I'm not convinced about that. I think ownership is saying that. Like, all these two Philadelphia backs, DeAndre Swift is way more popular than Kenny Gainwell. But Nick Sirianni came out and said he's going to ride the hot hand. So I think for me, if I'm playing one of these Philadelphia running backs, I don't think either are, are cash game plays, right? But if I'm playing one of these running backs in tournaments... I would rather go to Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, I would rather play the lower owned option here. Just because the group think is, this is DeAndre Swift's, it's his job, right? He can't lose after last game. Well, Swift is coming in right now at like three to one ownership to Kenny Gainwell. And Philadelphia, they, they literally said they're going to ride the hot hand with those two. So I'm not telling you to play Kenny Gainwell. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you at a three to one ownership difference, I think it would make more sense um, in tournaments to go to the lower own option if the coach flat out said, and he did, they're going to ride the hot hand. So that's my take on the Philadelphia backs. I'm not saying to fade DeAndre Swift, but he is still coming in with a lot of ownership. And like, what happens if Swift is like 40, 45% owned, like he's projected for, and Kenny Gainwell gets like 75% of snaps? Well, then like almost half the field is dead, right? So uh, yeah, Philadelphia. I think it's interesting, a tournament spot there with the running backs. And then I don't think I'm going to look to any of the backup running backs, like a Travion Williams or anyone like that. So it's basically the starters for each team and then the two Philadelphia backs. Let's take a look at wide receiver. One guy that I'm really high on for tournaments, and it's weird to say for tournaments, but Jamar Chase, he's not projecting for a ton of ownership right now. Um, Jamar Chase is right now projected for sub 40% ownership on a two-game slate. Right? And, and, and the narrative is, like, again, you just had to avoid this Bengals offense. They can't move the ball right now. Burrow can't move, right? That, that's, that's the narrative. 
you're going to give me one of the best, if not the best wide receivers in the league at sub 40% ownership on a two game slate. Yeah, sign me up for that. So I really like Jamar Chase right now. Um, Brown and Smith are both reasonable plays for Philadelphia. I never really have any strong takes with these two guys. Let me see. Um, both are basically projected for like identical ownership too. So I like if you're playing one of those two, I think it's basically a coin flip um, with with AJ Brown and with uh, Devonta Smith. All right, so here's another group think. Right, we're, we're going to talk about this again. What is what is the group think narrative right now in Puka Nakua? Right. Well, for one game, it was like, oh, I don't know. After he put out that performance against San Francisco, he's the greatest receiver of all time, right? He's the next Cooper Cup, right? That's everyone saying it. it's Puka Nakua, right? Is he, though? Is he? I'm still not 100% convinced on that. Um, now, I was really high on Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell before week one when absolutely no one talked about them. No one wanted them, right? No one. Go back and watch my week one video. I was high in Tutu and Puka when absolutely no one else was. I was all over Tank Dell before week two when no one else was. Um, but now the narrative is Puka Nakua is just the best receiver in the league. And I agree. I think Puka Nakua is talented, and it sounds like he is going to play through this oblique issue. But he is projected for a lot of ownership right now. A lot. Um, now, here's the positive with the Rams receivers, and I talked about this before the season started. They do not rotate guys. Right, they just play their starters the entire game. So, I mean, it's hard to ignore the f- thirty-five targets through two games. But I'll once again, I'll once again mention it. If you want the pivot off Puka Nakua, it is my boy Tutu Atwell, who has played extremely well through two weeks, but been overshadowed by Puka. Right, and it's not like Tutu is like again twenty. He has thirty-five fantasy points through two weeks. Right, 13 catches, like 200 yards in two weeks, and he's coming in with a lot less ownership than Puka Nakua. So that's another one I think you could go to. Right? Maybe you play Tutu over Puka for a lot less ownership. Um, but it, it all comes down to what the rest of your lineup looks like, right? Let's say, for example, you're you have like all chalk in your lineup, right? Let's say you have Hertz, you have the two chalk backs and Mixon and Kyron Williams, right? You have you have basically chalk everywhere, and you're deciding between like which Rams receiver you want to go to. Well, in that situation, I would go to Tutu Atwell, right? I would go to the lower own option because you want to mix in a couple lower own pieces in your GPP builds. Now, let's say you had a much more contrarian lineup already. Let's say. I don't know, you're playing Joe Burrow double with like Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. He's not projected for like any ownership. And then you're deciding between the two Rams receivers between Puka and Tutu. Well, then in that situation, I probably would lean to playing Puka uh, over Tutu Atwell. But it's, again, it's not as much as like a, I'm not giving you picks. Right? I'm not giving you, oh, you play this guy, you don't play this guy. Because that's not what DFS is. It's about building good lineups, right? Um, all right, so below those two Rams receivers, you have Mike Evans at 6'3 and Godwin at 5'7. My breakdown here is I think Godwin is the higher floor play. He's the safer option. He's going to get you know more of the short ADOT targets. Well, Mike Evans more the big play guy, the little bit more boomer bust. We've seen the ceiling games from Mike Evans back-to-back weeks. Um, taking a look at ownership right now between the two, it's basically the same. So I don't have any super strong takes with those Tampa Bay receivers. I like them both. Uh, T. Higgins is 6'2". I think is another pretty safe option, and he's going to play a majority of the game. 
Um, right now, he's projecting for similar ownership as Jamar Chase, which I think is pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I have no issue if you want to go to T. Higgins. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on the Burrow status. But right now, it sounds like he's going to try to play. We talked about 2 2. Um, the other Rams receiver, Van Jefferson, has really been quiet through two weeks. He's still having opportunities, though. He still does have nine targets. I think he's an okay punt play. Like, again, the Rams are just not rotating these guys. He played 66 of the 80 snaps. I mean, Skoranek played a few snaps, but um, they basically just played those three wide receivers the entire game. So if you need a punt wide receiver, I think he's fine, as is Tyler Boyd at 3-5, another guy playing out of the slot that should play a good chunk of the game. Last week, Boyd played 55 of the 60 snaps. I think for me, I would give the edge to Boyd over Jefferson playing in the slot. But not saying you can't play uh, Van Jefferson. And then a couple other guys to mention here in like large field stuff. Trey Palmer is cheap for Tampa Bay. Last week, Trey Palmer played, where is it? He played 35 of the 71 snaps, so about half the snaps. And he's 3.1K. He has five targets through two weeks. And then no Quez Watkins, Alamide Zacchaeus should be operating as a wide receiver three for Philadelphia. Um, you had Quez Watkins go down early. Uh, he played 11 snaps, and Zacchaeus played 35 snaps. So I think Zacchaeus probably plays a bit over half the game playing in the slot, $3,000. Again, a fine large field tournament play. We'll finish up with the tight end position. So um, Dallas Goddard, I think, is definitely your safest play for sure. He's your cash game play. You can still play him in tournaments too. Like I said, it just depends on what the rest of your lineup looks like. But he's played almost the entire game, 74 of the 77 snaps. And he's cheap, and he's in this Eagles offense, which I think has the most ceiling on the slate. I think I like again. I think the Eagles offense is the most likely to put up the most amount of points. Um, so yeah, Goddard, very very safe play. Now, if you want your pivot off Dallas Goddard, I think that would be Tyler Higby. Higby still playing a good chunk of the game. Uh, Seventy four to eighty snaps, ran fifty three routes. He's been a little bit quiet to start the season, but that doesn't mean he's out of play. He still has ten targets through two weeks. If you go back and look at last season. Uh, when Cooper Cup missed games, like Tyler Higby had a few really big games. So I think Higby is, an, is a fine pivot off of Dallas Goddard in GPPs and Goddard projecting for uh, a lot more ownership. But I think Higby still could match him or score more than him for less ownership. So he's, I think, would be your pivot in GPPs. And then no Irv Smith for Cincinnati. So should be Drew Sample operating as the tight end one for the Bengals. He's the flat min 2.5K. I think he's I think he's playable. I do. Um, I expect him to play a good chunk of the game. So last week, uh, Irv Smith played 46 snaps and then went down. And then basically Drew Sample came in and played all those snaps that uh, once Irv Smith left, he played the, the final 14 snaps. So, um, yeah, Drew Smith or Drew Sample, I think, is a viable punt play. And the, the last tight end here is Kate Otten, 3K. Another guy that, yeah, I mean, he's still having a lot of opportunities too. 69 of the 71 snaps, he played 30 routes. So, and he has nine targets in two weeks. So, yeah, I, I think he's a, he's an okay punt play too. Looking at the defenses, we know defense is a high variance position. Last Monday night, right, the chalk was it was the Saints and it was the Browns. And and a majority of the field played one of those two. Now, the, the reason I won the tournament last week was I played a low on defense. I played the Steelers because defense is such a high variance position. Um, unless there's one defense that's just so insanely underpriced. Um, then like, I'm usually just going to lean towards playing a lower-owned defense in tournaments. Again, though, what I will say, it comes down to the rest of your lineup. So like, if you're already mixing in three, four low-owned plays, you're, you have a very contrarian lineup, I'm way more inclined to eat the chalk defense in that lineup then. You have, let's say you have all chalk and maybe one lower-owned option in your lineup. I'm way more inclined to play a lower-owned defense there. 
So again, it's not a picks thing. I'm not giving you, you play this defense. You play this wide receiver. It's really about building good tournament lineups, which is why I focus on in my Patreon. Um, if you guys are interested in that, uh, you can check it out linked in the description. But um, yeah, back to back to defense and projections right now. Uh, the Bengals are right now projecting for the chalk defense, um, about 2x the ownership. Uh, all right, I guess the Bengals and the Eagles right now are projecting to be the chalky defenses. Those are the two favorites. Bengals playing at home. Um, I, I think that's fine. Again, I think those two would, would be your safest defenses. If you wanted kind of your, I guess, off-the-board defense, maybe the Rams, um, just because of Burrow is, you know, somewhat immobile, you know, maybe he's a little bit more inclined to throw picks or, you know, get sacked, right? So I think if you want the lower-owned defense, for me, it probably would be the Rams. Now, if things change and Burrow gets ruled out, then then I think the ownership will, will flip. Then I, th- then I think the Rams will actually be the chalk defense, or if not, the second eye zone defense in slate. And in that situation, um, maybe I'll look to lower an option. But again, it would depend on what the rest of my lineup looks like. All right, so that's going to do it for the two games. Like, I hope this video helps. Hopefully talking through some of the strategy and in group think and building out lineups um, gives you uh, or helps you building, building your lineups for tonight, your GPP lineups. But other than that, if you enjoyed, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys all in the next video.